Being the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective as we're here on a Sunday night. Thanks for everyone joining us as we're going to be talking Pirate football in the transfer portal. And, man, it's been a busy, I don't even know the word offseason is correct, but Kyle from the Grange Barber, dude, how are you? Yeah, no, uh, busy uh, early offseason, uh, signing period, coaching hires, more and more transfer portal pieces, joining the program each and every day. So uh, uh, we, we, we're going to have the opportunity to be a good football team next year. No doubt. Let's go to China Grove, North Carolina. And uh, that welcome music by the Doobie Brothers and Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, obviously, always enjoy talking pirate football. And, you know, I guess a month and a half ago now, uh, who would have thought we would be this excited? But um, due to the you know, acquisitions and moves we've made in the transfer portal, you know, there there is a, a lot of excitement for 2024. And I'm really looking forward to spring ball. I mean, I know we'll talk more later as far as season tickets going on sale here in a couple of weeks and so forth, but uh, really looking forward to uh, hopefully being able to attend the spring game and uh, maybe even a spring practice and you know, see it, seeing what uh, John David Baker and this offensive staff and the new offensive personnel looks like. No doubt. Let's go to a man that he hasn't slept since the end of the regular season or yeah, the end of the regular season. And he's now in his uh, apartment in the transfer portal. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Semenza, man, how are you? What's up guys? I'm definitely excited about this show because I love talking about the portal and I love talking about in particular, the, these mid-year enrollees that, uh, you know, real. I think a really nice job by, by, by Mike Houston and this staff. And I've been very critical over the last year, but you got to give credit where credit's due. And I think they've done a really nice job, you know, so far. I mean, you're talking about 11 guys out of the portal that most importantly are going to be here for spring ball. They're enrolled in classes. You were able to, to address a lot of holes and needs. Um, so really happy about what we're doing so far. And like Kyle said, we have a chance to be a pretty good team next year. No doubt. In fact, <laughs> I, uh, I'm really happy. Today is a great day for me, guys, because uh, tonight um, that Brandon was asking if um, I am not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I'm a Washington fan, so it was a great day. Damn boys. Yeah, we, need to, we, we probably need to go ahead and begin the show uh, address the passing of Art Baker. Oh, yeah. That's no laughing matter. Yeah, that was very sad, uh, but uh, I didn't realize I, I, it makes sense. Uh, you were talking about earlier Kyle about you know you go oh yeah that year but uh he was what was it 90 how old was he Bubba 90 something off the top of my head and 91 um, I believe he was in his early 90s yeah it makes sense that he was 91 it just 94 94 94 okay yep yep he had just turned 94 I want to say is back in November so so yeah born uh yeah back yeah back uh in the the twenties. He was uh, very special to me because he was the first coach when I became a pirate fan. And guys, I'll just say this. If you look at, and Bubba, you're the numbers guy. So you probably know this. 
Um, when you look at his record, uh, the one thing I will say is it doesn't indicate the fact that it wasn't like he was playing no offense to the teams in the American, but our slogan, as you guys remember me talking about uh, is we're going after the best and we're playing Penn state, Miami, Florida state, Florida. I mean, we're playing this ridiculous schedule because we were independent back then. And so I will give uh, credit. Speaking of giving credit where his credits due, Matt, um, I always hate that his record was what it was because not only a great man, he was a good football coach, but when you're playing the likes of that murderous row schedule, um, then you also wonder how many coaches would have a winning record at East Carolina if they had that schedule. Yeah, it was a who's who of college football schedule, yeah. obviously. Um, major 1A Southern Independent, as it was at the time. And uh, you think about the teams, not only in the South, but just in the East Coast. You had the likes of Florida State, Southern Miss, South Carolina, Penn State, just to name a few, uh, and just so many excellent uh, 1A independents. Miami, Syracuse. Miami, yeah. West Virginia. West, yeah. No, it was back before the before the Big East, before obviously Florida State went to the ACC, South it's, Carolina, etc. Yeah, South yeah. Carolina, the SEC. So they went in like ninety. Was it ninety two? Off the top of my head, something like that. No, the big. I'm sorry. That was I was thinking of Arkansas. Never mind. When I said that, I knew that was wrong. But uh, uh, Art Baker, very sad and. I just wanted to mention that because uh, I know people want to, some of our older fans want to like put that on him. And I don't think that's fair. Um, I know you're, it's the results business. I'm not trying to have a debate over that. I'm just saying that uh, give respect where he was a great coach. Not only that, but uh, he had a lot of faith. He was a big time uh, Christian guy, Uh, had a lot of respect for him. In fact, the very first game I went to was FCA day. And he had those of us that were local kids from Eastern North Carolina down on the field. And he gave, I won't give the story, but he gave a great testimony. Um, and I'll share that maybe at another time. But uh, about, there was a player uh, for that time, I'm so old, it was a St. Louis Cardinals uh, before they moved to Arizona named Stump Mitchell. And um, so it was a great story there. But anyway, uh, Art Baker, rest in peace. And um, I'm very appreciative of, um, what he did for the program, because I do believe if you guys remember those guys that were playing for our Baker eventually played for Bill Lewis. And some of those guys were still on the team that won the peach bowl. So um glad we had Bill Lewis, obviously, but Art Baker was uh, definitely, I think he, he's very underrated as a coach as far as his time at East Carolina, but that's just me. Yeah. As far as coach Baker's concerned, uh, just a little, just a brief bio on him. Uh, as, as we've mentioned, uh, 94 years old, born November 30th, 1929. Uh, he began his coaching career uh, coaching the running backs at Clemson back in the mid-60s, mm. um, 65 to 69, according to what I'm seeing. Then he spent three years as an assistant at Texas Tech. And um, then he got his first head job in 73, um, was an opponent of East Carolina and the Southern Conference, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 73 to 77. 
and then also the head coach at the Citadel for five years from 78 to 82. Um, picked up some nice wins uh, at those those programs. Uh, a picture I saw earlier today that I'll put up on the screen here in just a couple minutes. Um, and when he was, I, I think it was maybe when he was at the Citadel, but um, when he was at one of those uh, one of those programs, he picked up a win over NC State. Uh, also, maybe a win uh, over I want to say South Carolina, and then you had he was on. Ed Emery's staff in 1983, uh, I want to say, is maybe is OC, but um, then I had forgotten this. He went to Florida State in 84 before coming back as head coach in 1985 and then had those four seasons as head coach, 85 to 88. I think two wins, two wins, um, five wins, and then three wins. But, yeah, in that 87 season when we went five and six after starting the – year with a 32-14 win over NC State. Um, the final game in that series during the regular season all the way up until 96. Um, but he had also beaten the Wolfpack in 85, 33-14. But uh, in, in that 87 season, uh, after starting with that 32-14 win and then winning five games, there were uh, some other – another close call or two where – it looked like the Pirates may turn the corner, but then regressed to just three wins in 88. And then, of course, he was let go and Bill Lewis brought in. But uh, as Dave mentioned, Art Baker and his staff had recruited the likes of uh, Jeff Blake and Robert Jones and several of the key pieces of that Peach Bowl team. Yeah, and it's always sad to hear about coaches that you know were with us um, passing away. So... Uh, Art Baker, rest in peace. And um, I, I know that uh, obviously he's the reason why Coach Shank came here. And Coach uh, Shank had that picture. Uh, was that on Twitter, guys? When you, uh, I guess you guys, so uh, very, or X, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, X. yeah I'm, I'm uploading that right now and I will share it with our viewers here in just a moment. Um, the one I referenced, as well as that uh, picture, how we found out about the news earlier today with Coach Shank and his post because that was the initial staff of the, you know, he served for Coach Baker and then was on on Bill Lewis's staff, then uh, then Coach Logan, then of course Coach Holtz and Coach Houston, five five different head coaches for which Steve Shankweiler coached for. That's just crazy if you think about guys about coaching. Not only that uh, you can last long as a coach, but to be under uh, East Carolina under five different coaches, that's just insane, especially this day and age. Uh, you just wonder how many times that uh, actually happens. I've got a trivia question for you guys. I'm going to ask you, and I know you guys probably already know it, but how many coaches in the history of coaching football have won a uh, – I know Bubba probably knows this – a national championship in college football and a Super Bowl. Do you guys know that? I can think of two right off the top of my head. Hmm. And Shell is right. It's three. I can, can I give you two off the top of my head? Yeah, sure. Jimmy Johnson, Miami and the Cowboys. Yep. Pete Carroll. USC and the Seahawks. Uh, can't think of the third shell. 
Who am I missing, Shell? He actually coached for the Cowboys as well. I'll give you that hint. Aha, uh-huh, from Oklahoma. I uh, yeah. can't. Barry Switzer, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Barry Switzer. So it's only three. And I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, just uh, it's amazing to think. I was, I know that's the correct answer, um, but you would think knowing the Super Bowl and knowing the national championship, I'm not saying it was a high number, but I was thinking before I, I saw that uh, trivia question, you would think there would be more than three, but. Pete Carroll uh, pretty much being pushed out this week. Why would you think it would be more than three? I, I'm I'm honestly surprised it is three. I mean, winning a national championship is so hard to do. Winning a Super Bowl is so hard to do. So the fact that three people have done both, um, I, 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 oh, I really I thought the answer was two. I, I thought I'd, Barry Switzer was the one that I also couldn't think of. Yeah, he wasn't Barry Switzer. You could have you could have you know rolled out uh just about anybody on that cowboys team i mean they were, they were amazing they were super bowl ready that was one of the best teams of all time he kind of you know he barry switzer was not particularly well liked by that cowboys team yeah. they felt like he was too much of like the college ways you know they were used to being professionals and they didn't really love him but he uh he did get it done so you got to no question about that but uh, there's the for those watching, it's uh, Shank says, I'm so sad about the passing of Coach Baker, but I'm happy he is with Edie. Thank you for all you've done for so many. And uh, we're obviously rest in peace. Rest in peace. And, and let's be honest, Baker. obviously, anytime you loss of life is, is very sad, but we should all be that lucky to make it to 94 years old. Yeah, no doubt. And um, there we go. And in uh, fact, uh, Coach, uh, yeah, he was the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame. Um, coach, uh, and fo- that's from the ex from Coach Blake Harrell. He shared that in thoughts and play- uh, prayers for the Baker family. Uh, but Art Baker, uh, we're going to miss him a lot as coach from 1985. It shows up there to 1988 with the Pirates. So thank you, Coach Baker, for again, for all you did for the Pirates, uh, for sure. That's going to be a lot of uh, people that may not know. But one of the things we talked about when we started the show is uh, kind of like the legacy, the people, coaches and players from the past that we would honor them. And we would, for the newer pirates, we would uh, educate them. And so this is a way that uh, sadly we do, we're doing it with his passing. But uh, some people already knew about Art Baker, but I'm sure the younger listeners and viewers may not. So there you have it, Art Baker. Ahead, and there you see, there you see some of those um, games that I referenced. Uh, you see when he was at Furman as head coach and defeated NC State. Uh, it looks like September fourth, nineteen seventy six, and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then in seventy nine, uh, he he led the Citadel to a twenty seven to fourteen win over over Vanderbilt. That's crazy. That's crazy. But uh, Vanderbilt has been <laughs> uh, bad for so bad for so long. Um, there. And maybe, maybe just maybe one day they'll, you know, put uh, football um, at at the top there. We know by education, but uh, certainly Vanderbilt, um, they do have a great baseball program. We'll give them that for sure. Speaking of which, uh, you guys want to go ahead and uh, we'll get to baseball later, talk a little bit about that. But you guys want to talk about the transfer portal. Matt, I know that 
it's been a busy time for you. Um, I got to talk to Chrissy. Can uh, have you been like the trans? Has she been like the trans portal like widow where she doesn't get to see you very much? Yeah, she she's like the assistant right now. You know, I mean, I do spend a lot of time in there, but uh, okay, you know, I'll tell you guys, I, I you know. You talk a lot about like if you were to give this staff a grade so far for the for what they've been able to do in the offseason. And, you know, if you, if you just look at, you know, in particular at transfers, you know, 11 so far, there's two more that are unannounced. So it's going to be 13 by the end of the week. But, you know, really nice. Again, nice job by this staff to address a lot of needs. Um, you know, the quarterback was the biggest one. And by all accounts, we're going to bring in two quarterbacks who were both four stars in high school, obviously addressed wide receiver in a big way, corner, O-line. So you've really, in a short amount of time, you've really improved this football team. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, not only with the quarterback situation, four stars in high school, I really don't mean jack shit to me, but you got a guy that started seven games at Michigan State um, and then and then a guy that, uh, you know, started the game at Miami um, had significant playing time in other games at Miami um, before transferring to Missouri to try to win the starting job. Never did it, but uh, he's definitely got some ability when he officially signs. So um, I, uh, particularly the quarterback position, and that's the most high-profile position. Uh, you know, it looks like we should have two good choices there. Uh, you would think um, Hauser or Garcia, one of the two, was going to uh, win the job. And who would have thought, oddly enough, that we're – Sitting here talking about Garcia again. Uh, <laughs> I, but, knew you uh, knew, I knew we did the show that you would be the one. Completely different, a completely different Garcia. And um, yeah, we, we went from Pinckney to Pinckney. Now we're going from Garcia to Garcia. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens between, with him and Hauser. And uh, it's good. It's good that we're bringing in. Um, uh, that is one of those. Uh, I think you may have said this, Kyle. Sorry to cut you off, but as far as the unannounced. Um, correct. The yeah. Correct. Yeah, and I said that if he officially signs, and for all, for all accounts, it looks like he will. It's being reported pretty much everywhere, but he hasn't officially committed yet. A silent commitment, if you will. I don't know how silent it is when everybody's talking about it publicly. Um, but <laughs> and the, and the players actually, and by the way, the he's met like the players, so his new teammates. So yeah, well, I um. You know, you ask uh, Dave, you asked earlier, so uh, Bubba, Matt, probably a good time for you to address this. Dave was asking me earlier my thoughts on the uh, the the, uh, the uh, defensive lineman out of Ohio State that's originally from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um, he, uh, he, from all accounts, what I told Dave, uh, Matt, Bubba, you guys elaborate. Um, I, what I read, I got said limited playing time, but when he has had his chance, he's looked well. And they normally don't let you stick around for three years at Ohio State if you suck. That was a great point. Yeah. I mean, they have those scholarships, but they're not going to waste scholarships. Yeah, I was, I was actually saying to Bubba earlier, I kind of see this one from two different perspectives. Um, you you could be here, – here's like the first perspective. You could be getting a dime in the rough because, you know, you could be a really good player, but just be – at Ohio State, you could just be passed right. over by a bunch of five-star monsters and – and just not really get an opportunity. So you could have a diamond in the rough or, you know, you could have a guy who kind of is what he is at this point, And he's really more of a depth piece. You know, I think time will tell exactly what we have in him, but I, I think it's a really good pickup. 
Um, I think he'll at least make the two deep. Uh, I just, Matt, I have trouble believing, he, you know, if he was one year at Ohio State. But you, like I said, you, they ain't going to let somebody stick around for three years at Ohio State. This sucks. It, they, they just, it's just not going to happen. So, that, you know, they've been given a scholarship for three years there. I, I, I think he's going to be able to play and make the two deep. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Oh, no doubt. And the, this is great because, uh, Matt, we always talk about uh, Coach Logan saying that defensive linemen don't grow on trees. And we talk about the O-line, but D-line is extremely important. And, man, that defense, oh, my gosh. I know Brandon said they're, they're, uh, they're going to be nasty this year. I agree with you, Brandon. I think they're going to be really good. Uh, by the way, Shell, he has one year. He has one more year, like a grad transfer. So he'll have one year. Uh, left is for his el- el- eligibility. Got it easy for me to say, right? Yeah, and this is Jaden McKenzie, originally from Wake Forest, North Carolina. Right. And um, one of five transfers from the defensive side and one of four uh, who were originally from the state of North Carolina. Um, taking a look, um, you know, at Jaden, and he, he – Six three, six four, uh, depending on where you see it. Uh, so probably somewhere in, in between, about two hundred eighty-five pounds. Uh, as Matt uh, mentioned, uh, you, you know you've seen you know, the highlights you know, from the playing time he did get. I want to say he played in about seven or eight games this year. Ten, ten uh, tackles, one and a half for loss, and uh, you know. Did some nice things. Uh, made a couple nice plays late in the game in the fourth quarter against Toledo. Obviously, the Rockets were an 11-win team, uh, but um, I think at the very least he'll be a he'll be quality depth and be in that rotation, like Kyle said, in in, in the two deep. Yeah, and if you're bringing him in at this point, you certainly hope he he's going to be able to crack that two deep, and you know. I think the key with a lot of these guys, and and obviously the defense we run here is very different than what they run at Ohio State. But but the key to to all these guys is that you're you're getting them in prior to spring football. So not only do they have a chance to go through all your winter conditioning workouts, but they get. I can't I can't say how important that is to be able to to get in for spring football. It gives you an opportunity to to learn the system you know, without having to play games, it's huge. It's, it's, it's a huge factor. So like in the past, we've brought in quite a few guys in the summer and you see that they really struggle to get up to speed in time for the season. But uh, a guy like this, you know, you're going to have him for spring. You're going to have him for all the summer workouts, conditioning. So he definitely has a chance to make an impact. And this is obviously a position where um, we were very good in 2023 uh, you, you lose uh, Jason Shuford and Xavier McIver. They they went to uh, to Marshall and UT Martin respectively. So uh, with with this addition, you're you're adding uh, you know position of need, and uh, you also brought in on the defensive line uh, on the edge. You brought in Raheem Craig, uh, 6'3", 235. Uh, out of Louisville, uh, also originally from the state of North Carolina in the w- western part of the state, I believe Alexander Central High School, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so uh, 
I, I really like the pieces we've added. And um, as the show goes on, we'll talk about the other three we added on the defensive side uh, coming in the defensive or well, two in the defensive backfield. And then also uh, North Carolina native and in, in linebacker uh, Damian Wilson uh, from Mizzou. I think Kyle may have referenced him talking about him being um, by some publications for what it's worth, a, a four star coming out of high school. Yeah, that's uh, but I know that we always talk about that, about, you know, I agree to a point, you know, I love I go, so I'm not trying to diss him. But um, when I hear about the recruiting, I like to pay attention to the recruiting. But as far as the stars, um, that means nothing until we have to see how that translates to college. But having said that, uh, have you guys noticed how many guys that were coming out of high school and they're like four stars that uh, John David Baker and company are getting with Mike Houston? Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, I think most of these Power 5 programs, you know, that's what you see a lot of is guys that were, you know, four-star, three-star type kids that are now at um, places like Ohio State or uh, wherever, Louisville, whatever, and, you know, expected to be playing, expected to be making NIL money for whatever reason, be it depth, they don't fit in the system, or some, maybe they just suck, hope not. Um, they haven't worked out, and... You know, you see that film from high school, you see that athletic ability, and you hope that they can produce. And in some cases, you've seen it on the field in college, whether it's been in spot starts or backup roles or whatever. And uh, so getting um, four-star talent, like I said earlier, four-stars don't really mean much to me, but um, it, it does show that, uh, at least coming out of high school, that they were well thought of to end up with those programs. No doubt, and uh, we'll have to see how. Let's see here. Johnny Robertson, he's always got something great. He said, thrilled with landing. Is that Quayshawn Sapp? It would be nice to pair him with Isaiah Foote, who has been in the portal for six weeks and has yet to sign. Any chance he could uh, be re-recruited? He was our best um, inside offensive lineman. Well, first of all, I mean, I'll just chime in on that. Quayshon, I hope I'm saying his name right. Quayshon Sapp is, I, I got to say, man, this is this is my favorite addition of, outside of the quarterback. This is my favorite addition in this class because, I mean, th- this is a kid that we don't normally get at East Carolina. I mean, this right. is a big body. This is a, again, you know, not to look back, but this is a four-star recruit out of high school that had offers from everybody in the country, Alabama, Auburn, everybody. Um, so so obviously there's talent there. Now you go to a place like Florida State, maybe you don't see that immediate playing time. But the portal gives us an opportunity to get these players that we normally wouldn't have a chance to get. So, you know, it it giveth and it taketh like we talk about. But um, I, I'm thrilled with this addition. This is in a position of need. This is huge. In terms of, you know, Johnny's question about Isaiah Foote, um, I mean, you never know. Stranger things have happened. I, I don't see it happening. I mean, I think there's probably a very slim chance of that because by all accounts, he was not in shape uh, for last season and didn't have his best year. So I'm not sure how that all went down at the end. Apologize for the dog in the background, but uh, I, I think there's probably a very slim chance. Give a shout out to Carmelo. What's up, bro? <laughs> uh, the best. Uh, he. 
Let's see. So we have uh, dogs with Kyle and Matt, uh, the dogs of the sports objective uh, there. But uh, I want to chime in, get folks to chime in. I know we have uh, some already, but what is your favorite uh, player out of the transfer portal? Uh, you can put that on your um, Facebook comments. Or we don't know <laughs> yet. <laughs> you don't know yet? No. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying, based on what you've seen, I understand it has to be. Uh, I've, I, I, I'm going to be be uh, be Johnny fan and go uh, go Hauser Garcia, one of the quarterbacks, just because without if, you, if we don't have a quarterback, yeah, uh, we're going to suck no matter what. That's true, and I think uh, guys, don't you think? I was telling Kyle on the pre-show um, in the green room. Don't you guys think? That uh, when you hear Alex Flynn, he's definitely staying from, you know, like till the spring is what we're hearing. Uh, don't you think that uh, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion? He's probably just staying in the spring and in the spring, he'll most likely make his decision to go to med school then. I know it's speculation, but that's. I think it depends on how he performs. Um, if he, you know, if he, if he thinks, you know, I, I don't know. I you know, it could be a situation. Maybe he feels loyalty to the team. Maybe it's not even a situation where it's if he does get the backup role. Maybe he he wants to see you know after spring ball how much the team needs him. You know, if yeah, I'm excited that uh, the Alex staying around, and uh, I don't I don't think he would be staying around the program. You know, if he didn't if he wasn't truly committed to to competing for that job. I mean, you go through too much, and especially now that he's had the taste of being the starter for over half a season and it done some nice things, obviously plenty of growing pains as well. But, um, yeah, Alex Flynn is certainly uh, staying around with the intentions of uh, playing some more football for the Pirates on Saturdays. Otherwise, he'd just move on, and and I like it because I mean he he does have he he has as much or about as much experience as as Hauser and Garcia if that comes to fruition. Um, but um, I, I like adding each of those those guys, and they've they both started games at um, you know very good programs. And uh, had the chance to. Begin. I'll tell you what I wouldn't do, Bubba. Um, and I think I texted you this. Um, I, I would not announce a starter out of spring ball. No. Uh, even 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 uh, even if I felt like it was definitely going to be Hauser or Garcia, I would tell them, "Bubba, no, we're we're carrying on the competition into the fall because you don't want anybody transferring out." Yeah, that's correct. We need and, them um, both. We need them both. About- and that's something else with Flynn. You know, at the end of spring ball, let's say Garcia, for example, says, all right, this is Alvin's job. I'm out of here. I'm going to go try to win a starting job at an FCS school. Uh, then, you know, hey, Flynn, could you stick around? So, you know, that there's always those possibilities. Let's hope not, though. What about Jeter? Um, he's Inter- another one I thought about. Well, Jeter has no experience, but you never know. Very quickly before we um, talk about what else we have in the quarterback room and then the other – the other transfer pieces we're bringing in uh, for you know, Hauser, Garcia, whoever becomes the quarterback to distribute the ball to, um, give credit to you know Stephen Igo at Hoist of Colors because of what he said. You know he's obviously had multiple conversations uh, with these guys, and 
has a pretty good feel for things from the standpoint of, you know, what their expectations are coming in and so forth. And when, when one of his subscribers on Hoist of Colors asked him, you know, what, what he thought as far as, you know, if the one that does not, or what were the odds of the guy who doesn't win the job if, if it was announced at the end of spring, or, you know, how, how things are looking coming out of spring ball. He said that he would feel as though like if, if it looked as though um, Hauser was the starter coming out of spring, that it may be like a 50, 50 situation as far as, uh, as far as sticking around and, and going into fall camp rather than transferring to another program, like Kyle mentioned. So, we, so yeah. we shall see. I, I hope the coaches are honest with Flynn. Like, yeah. You know, don't waste this kid's time. He's got a bright future. He's obviously going to go to medical school. You know, don't just keep him around for the sake of saying, hey, we have our fourth string quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, if he has a fair chance to compete and win a job, that's great. Give him every opportunity. But if he doesn't, let him let him do his thing, man. I mean, maybe he wants to go play FCS for a year just to play football. You know, maybe he wants to move on and go to medical school, you know. I think right. a lot of times coaches will keep guys around for greedy reasons. Oh, you just don't want to end up with it without him. With just be honest with him and, and and tell him what the situation is, and then he can make the best decision. You don't want to end up without him or Garcia, assuming Hauser wins the raw, the starting job, or Garcia wins the starting job. You don't want to end up without Hauser or Flynn as your backup. That's why you got to be really careful coming out of fall camp, I would say, unless it's just all to – unless, like Garcia, for example, could tell it's definitely Hauser's job, and he says, I'm out of here. Um, at that point, you know, Flynn maybe was going to go. That's where, what I'm saying. You know, if all of a sudden Garcia can see the writing on the wall that it's Hauser's job, uh, you know, you know, you, you got to make sure you're communicating with Flynn. Hey, uh, you know, we need you now as backup. Uh, but if, if both of them are going to stick around to fall camp, then, um, yeah, I, I would think Flynn is probably going to go on the med school unless it really is a three-man competition coming out of spring. No doubt. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, but it's good that we have, it's good that we have uh, more quarterbacks this year to talk about. And uh, we haven't even talked about Cole Hodge, who of course is uh, the Gatorade Kentucky player of the year. Uh, two years in a row. He's when will won. he be here? Is he going to? Is he is he enrolled or will he not? He is not a mid year enrollee because of uh, the school he attends. He cannot graduate oh, well, mid year, so he he will be here uh, first summer session. I'm I'm guessing uh, uh, either first or second summer session. This no, no spring ball. You can you can hang up any chance of him winning the starting. Not that he had much of a chance coming in as true freshman winning the starting job anyway, but. You pretty much you hang that up. So. I think yeah. it's good for him to come in and have uh, work on his college game. And Alice, um, forgive me if we've already addressed this, but she said, "Where is Flynn going to med school?" From from what I hear, and he has intention, intentions of going to Brody School of Medicine. Yeah, but of course that could. Is there change. any reason he couldn't? Is it just too daunting? And can he can he enroll at the Brody School of Medicine and just keep playing football? Yeah, he, he could, but it's uh, that's why he actually he he just opted to uh, pursue that MBA 
in the meantime, just because of the, like you're saying, the, the daunting task and just the, everything that med school entails. And he still has, he's got one more year left of the um, MBA, right? I believe, I believe that's correct. I think he's done one year. And he has not not one hundred percent on that. Yeah, he's not finished. What I'm saying is, the point is, uh, he's not finished with the MBA, so it's not like he would be starting med school. He wouldn't be starting med school until what the fall, guys. Anyway, they I don't think they do mid year kind of things. My, off the top of my head, I have to check on that. But I think it's, I mean, in other words, it's mainly just going to be every fall they start. Like with with someone with a first year med student, but our friend John Bream, I'm sure he could tell us and not, um, and not, uh, I don't know that to be the case, but we'll see. Yep. But kind of moving on on the offensive side of the ball, um, we've discussed the quarterback room and what a better spot it is in. Um, without a doubt, uh, we'll have some serious competition there this spring. Um, and then progressing into fall camp. But uh, those guys are going to have a lot more weapons to distribute the ball to. Uh, a wide receiver, very excited about everything that Chase Sowell did as a freshman. But Chase is going to have some some other options around him. Uh, first of all, you have Kerry King coming back off the injury. Unfortunately, he got hurt right there not too long before yeah. he went to the big house. And um, I've heard him mention – during the all season, he he was recovering nicely, and and hopefully he'll be back at and beyond where he was entering twenty twenty three. And but you have Omega Blake coming in from South Carolina, had about twenty or twenty five catches for the Gamecocks, and uh, made some plays against the likes of Georgia uh, and and other big time SEC opponents. Uh, then a guy the most proven of the lot. Winston Wright Jr., uh, Shell mentioned him earlier in the chat on either YouTube or Facebook. I appreciate Shell chiming in as always. But Winston, 5'10", 185 pounds, began his career at West Virginia, uh, spent last season at Florida State, had about five catches for the Seminoles, but for West Virginia over three seasons, accumulated 125 or 130 catches, also took two kickoffs to the house. Uh, one of which we'll share on our social media against Baylor and uh, is a real playmaker in the slot. So, and, and then you're also adding, uh, bringing in Anthony Smith, uh, outside receiver, 6'2", 190 pounds, that runs a legit, you know, 4'3", 4'3", 5'40", kind of a taller Josiah Hatfield and uh, maybe a little bit more uh, physical, uh, larger body there. And, you think about the possibility of a Smith and so well on the outside and then right in the slot or Omega Blake. Um, I think he, he he's more of an outside guy, but uh, a lot of options there. And I like what I've seen on film of those guys. So did you talk about the tight end from Oregon? The old yeah, we have, we, yeah, we have not talked about a new tight end coming in, began his career. As a walk-on, he's the nephew of Jim Kelly, Casey Kelly. I believe actually converted from quarterback to um, to tight end when he walked on at Ole Miss. For so he has that relationship connection with John David Baker. 
during his time at Ole Miss, played about a thousand snaps over three seasons. Uh, caught, I want to say, 25, 30 passes, two or three touchdowns. Then this year had five or how six. Many, how many touchdowns did you say, Bubba? You cut out. Three touchdowns at Ole Miss, and then he had a couple more this year at Oregon. So this is a guy that John David Baker had that previous relationship with. He knows what he's getting in Casey Kelly. Uh, and, again, it's, it's the nephew of Buffalo Bills and Miami. Hurricanes great, Jim Kelly. And when you think about all the talent at Ole Miss and Oregon on offense, um, those numbers don't sound overwhelming, but when you consider – where he was playing and the talent that's on that on those on those two football teams on offense, he's going to come in and and you know we already have you know a couple of good tight ends. He's going he's going to be an impact player, I, I would think um, immediately. Six three, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Yeah, uh, originally from Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah, I yeah, would my big, big things out of him. Yeah, my my big thing with him too is what kind of a blocker is he? You know, can can he help in the run game because. You know, I I think we have some tight ends that can catch the ball. You know, obviously Calhoun and and the younger guys I think are good athletes. They can catch the ball, but nobody really stands out in particular in terms of their their blocking prowess. And and that's really where we meet, need to make some big strides. So like if he can block well, that would be a huge addition to this team. I would imagine at his size, six three. 250 pounds, he's going to be able to make an impact in the run game. So, uh, to me, that's that's even more important than what he can do as a receiver. Yeah, and with what we aim to do offensively, uh, you've seen enough from him as a receiving tight end that uh, you know he's capable there. And I feel very confident that we would not be bringing him in if he if he wasn't a very good blocker. Well, that would be huge because, you know, Bob, I mean, especially when you struggle at tackle, at the tackle position, having a tight end that you can put, you know, next to the tackle and, and help with the, uh, the pass rush off the edge is huge. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, love that addition for sure. No doubt. And, uh, again, I think with this uh, – Coaching staff, uh, there was lots of uh, rightfully so overhauls on the offensive side of the ball. And, man, um, overall, I'm going to go around the horn here, and I'm, I'm going to give you my what I'm thinking. If you had, I think, Matt, we've talked about this before, but if you had overall grade as of right now for this coaching staff with a transfer portal, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what do you think? What do you give this uh, team of coaches, I'm saying, a grade? I I would just say this is probably going to sound overly critical. I would give him a B only because we haven't gotten through spring ball yet, right? And we don't know exactly what we have. And but a B is a very high mark. The only thing preventing me from giving an A the highest mark would be landing an impact offensive tackle, which I think was our biggest position beyond quarterback of need, but a B is 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 a really good grade for me to give. I I, I feel like they've done a really nice job um, bringing in players here. Bubba, what do you say? I I agree with Matt. Uh, I'd put it at you know probably a B plus. 
maybe even an A minus, but at least a B plus. Um, and if you get that uh, offensive line piece to you know and lockdown in this announcement of uh, Jake Garcia, I mean, I, I really, I really think it's we've done probably about as well as we could do. The um the 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 offensive tackle pieces the two offensive linemen we signed to, out of junior college uh, who I believe were ranked like thirteenth fourteenth nationally junior college that's correct uh, um were either one of those tackles that I can't remember but I do remember they were ranked uh, I believe so Kyle I'm pretty sure uh I, Bubba is it Tarpe is that how you say his name I think he yeah Tarpe sure right. I believe you're correct on Tarpe. Um, and then you had Kendarius Small, who was a guard from Southwest Mississippi. So Tarpe may be an upgrade right there. Um, I, um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say B plus. Um, if we officially sign Garcia this week, um, I'll, I'll give it an A going into spring ball. And then we'll see how they manage the roster after spring and we'll reevaluate. I was debating and it's so funny. Uh, I was, that's the reason I brought this up to you guys is I've been debating in my head, would I give them a B plus or a minus based on what we were talking about? And I was thinking about the guys uh, saying a minus, is that my heart? You know, because I love my pirates. Is that my heart that's saying a minus or should I just be safe and give them the B plus because a minus B plus is pretty close anyway. And like you guys said, uh, we know that work is still needs to be done, so I'm cautiously optimistic. But I'm telling you guys, um, so far so good. Kyle and I in the pre uh, pre show meeting in the green room, we were talking about Kyle. You made the point. I'll give you credit. Uh, these guys still have to come together. You know, we've seen other guys from transfer portal in the past. Sometimes you get the diamond in the rough. Sometimes you get a bust. You get a guy that just wasn't good. And they could go, oh, yeah, we'll be glad to give you this guy or this guy, you know. Um, you know, he, they were not fighting to keep him. So we'll see. Um, but I, I agree with you guys. I think overall a lot better uh, a lot better now than it was at the end of the season. That's stating the obvious. But, um, by the way, want to remind everybody, I know that uh, Brandon said this earlier, tickets go on sale for football February the 5th. So get ready to uh, just a few weeks away. Uh, talk to Coleman Spain, our good friend from the ticket office. Um, so make sure that you get that. And they only have, by the way, you baseball folks, they only have jungle tickets left. So for season tickets, season tickets are almost sold out for three straight year guys, three straight seasons, guys. And so uh, looking forward to that. Back to football. Um, by the way, uh, folks want to let you know the Lions won a playoff game, Matt. How about that? They beat the Rams well, 24 to 23. Right. So that game is just over. Um, Did, how about that? When was the last time Detroit won a playoff game? I mean, I, I don't know if anybody has that. I'm sure John. When was the last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game? The Lions last won the NFC wildcard today. The Lions defeated the Rams today. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> John, if Johnny Robertson is still listening, he, I'm sure he knows that off the top of his head. Yeah. He's our fat guy. Uh, but it's, I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's been, it's been a while. Five right? years. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? 
No, it's that's what I'm. I was thinking. Uh, it's been a minute. But you're right. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, yeah, according to what I'm seeing, I'm it up uh, right now for you guys because it's, it's uh, how about this? You guys hear me? I was, I was. Th- oh my gosh! Tonight is the Lions' first playoff win since defeating the Cowboys, thirty-eight to six, back in nineteen ninety-one. Some 33 years ago. I knew it had been a long time, but I didn't know Matt had been that long. 33 years. So, you Lions fans, hey, we're happy for you, man. Almost 33 years. Yeah, according to what I'm yeah. seeing, it's not 92 uh, at the Pontiac Silver. Go Dome. ahead, Bubba. He was going ahead. <laughs> it said, said 92 at the Silver Dome against uh, the Cowboys um, and – so Bubba, Bubba's getting ninety two. Dave's getting ninety one. Which one is it? Let me see. Oh, no. Adam Schefter said it could be ninety one, ninety two. How about that? Yeah, ninety one, thirty three years ago. What? Maybe that ninety one, ninety two season. Yet. Okay, the, so ninety two. Since the NFL season's a little bit different, uh, and that uh, hard to that's, believe. That's probably accurate. Wayne, yeah, if Adam Schefter put it out as 91, I would say that's accurate. Uh, Wayne Fonts, uh, who was the Lions coach, very successful from 80, 88 to 96. He's now 83 years old. Hard to believe. Wow. Uh, how, about, how about we take it a step further on this one since we're doing a little trivia here? Who was the quarterback for that Lions team? <sighs> who was the quarterback? I think I know who it was, but I'm not 100% sure. But I could take a guess when you're ready. When you guys go. You go for it, and I'll look it up because I am not going to be able to get that. I should be able to, but I'm quarterback, McQuarterback. I'm thinking it was Scott Mitchell, a lefty. Right, uh, but I'll go ahead and do that research unless Bob is doing it. But uh, I mean, you're yeah. Going- I- Eric Kramer. Yep. I was going to DQ myself because when I was searching searching that uh, number as far as the playoff record and what year that occurred, um, uh, I had already seen Eric Kramer. I forgot that he played. I remember Eric Kramer, um, but uh, I don't think – I would not have gotten that off the top of my head. I loved him on Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah. So, so wait, was that is that the actual answer, or is that a guess? Is it Eric? That's Kramer? It. It's Eric Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Kramer is with the with the Lions from ninety one to ninety three. Then he moved on to the Chicago oh. Chicago Bears ninety four to ninety eight. He, okay. he 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 began his career with the Falcons in eighty seven. Then spent three okay. seasons three seasons in Canada. Um, before three years of the Lions, five with the Bears, and then one year to wrap up his career with the San Diego Chargers in 99. Wow. I didn't realize he was in the league that long. Now that we're – wow. Uh, a lot. He was a journeyman, right? Uh, wow. Didn't realize it. But congratulations to the Lions. So Lions get their first and the Cowboys lost. So – uh, and and uh, by the way, Matt, I was thinking about you. Not that you guys have the weather like this, but um, the word brutal comes to mind. And I always uh, pick on Semenza. I love that word. 
but there was pictures out of Buffalo having to move the game to Monday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon at four thirty, because it's like a daggone blizzard there, man. It was crazy yesterday. Good time with a lot of people off work tomorrow to be able to do that. Yeah, four thirty in the afternoon, but they've got it's yeah. going to be a doubleheader, so they had to do that. I had mixed feelings about that, you know. I'll be honest and call me crazy, but uh, you want to see the game? I, I I love watching games in in blizzards like that, and it, you know, it's just the natural elements, man. It's part of the game, especially in Buffalo. So I don't. Part of me wanted to see it, you know. Probably wouldn't have been the best football, but it would have been kind of fun to watch. And that game last night uh, with the Chiefs and Dolphins, the fourth coldest game in NFL history, minus seven, Kyle, 30 below just for the sports objective. So I was like, wow, 30 below and you're playing football. And Matt, as a kid, I remember playing out in my grandparents' backyard and your cousin's tackling you and it's like really cold. And just when you get tackled, it feels like asphalt. I can't imagine, like, because it's so cold outside and the, the grass is, like, frozen. Well, you got That's 30 below. It's more than the grass is frozen. The whole, the whole ground is frozen. Your your soil temperatures at that point are, are astronomically low, so it really is like being tackled on asphalt. I asked Bubba this earlier. I'll, I'll ask this to Kyle first and then Dave. Kyle, if you played in that game last night, would you be a sleeve guy? Or 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 a sleeveless guy. Oh, I would I would I would be a I mean I I would be a sleeve guy. But what, but what kind of idiot? What, what kind of idiot would go without sleeve? Hey, what are you trying to? Hey, what Matt, are you trying hey, to prove? Like, there was a guy. Those players I, last night were sleeveless. You know. Yeah. What? Why? Why? I mean, you 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 would be able to answer that question better than me. Does it feel restrictive somehow wearing sleeves? And if you're just not used to it, you can't do it. Is that what it is? I think it's uh. And there was a guy last night they showed in the stands. He had he had no shirt on. I'm like, there's <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> no shirt on, man. And he's uh, and he did a he did a uh, Matt no. Semenza. Matt, he did a Matt Semenza. I could see him moving moving. His... Oh, yeah. We'll never Dave, know what a Matt Semenza is. I don't know what. I, yeah, Dave, you locked up, but. Uh... He said, yeah, Let's I, I, think I, I think I would try to give it a go without the sleeves, man. I think I try just, you know, it's mind over matter. It's, it's, uh, but why is it more comfortable to play without sleeves? Yeah. I, I would hate to play with sleeves on. So it feels restrictive a little bit. Yeah. It would to me. It would to me. So, it's, so, okay. So it's, so it's a literal makes you feel restrictive. It's not because you're trying to be tough. Well, there's a little bit of both, you know. Well, if there's you're trying to be tough, you're stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> you're, 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 you're already a football player. You're already a football player. You're, 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 we know you're tough. You're, you're out there playing in 30 below. I mean, who, who, you, look, I ain't got on sleeve. Man, he's got on sleeve. He a put Man, give me – shut that. It's so stupid. If there's a legitimate reason, if it makes you feel restricted, you're not used to playing in them so you don't feel right, okay – but if you're doing it to be tough, that's just stupid. I want to ask now, you Matt, that. one of the things that's commonly done um, as far as Vaseline, is that something that, that you do? Oh, yeah, Matt does that all the time. I'm not. Yeah, I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never I never went that route. I never went that route with the Vaseline. But uh, we got James here. <laughs> not, James. Not, not even not even when you were like 12 and, you you know, you got your first Playboy. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> 
you know, I, I won't mention that. I won't mention that. But uh, hey, look, I want to ask you both. James that's, says he yeah. would give it a go. James commented here. And yeah, that's good friend that's, James. That's, he that's said he's a, true. There you go, James. He said going without. That, that's no, what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, shut up, James. You ain't going without sleeves. You're in Illinois right now. I like you're freezing to death. I seen the damn video wrapped up, sitting there, freezing to death, shivering, looking like a damn Eskimo. Uh, you, you can go without sleep. Bull crap. Hey, I have to Ron, ask the Michelin man, James. I got to ask you guys, uh, Bubba and Matt. Why Is that we're a fat joke, of course, James, there, uh, Bubba? I don't, I'm not sure he's going to appreciate that. <laughs> Bubba and Matt. Give me the most, the coldest, the worst weather you've ever played in. I don't think I've asked you guys this before. And if I have, uh, and you've talked oh, about I'm sure it, Matt's going to beat Bubba. Yeah, Bubba go ahead, Matt. I, I, I have to take a minute to think about that one. Probably a playoff game for Bubba, I would think, in the western part of the state. That's my guess for high school. What about you, Matt? I was actually talking. It's funny. I was talking to Bubba about this yesterday. Uh, my senior year in high school, we played on Thanksgiving Day. And oh, it man. was right around 20 degrees with uh, heavy, heavy winds. And uh, it, it was it was freezing. But I, I'm telling you, this is going to sound crazy. After a few plays, your adrenaline gets going. You really don't feel it. I mean, it probably sounds crazy, but your body temperature adjusts. And, uh, and you know, you, you warm up and you really – your adrenaline gets going. You don't really feel it. I mean, I, I can't speak to like last night. I mean, that's a whole different animal. But uh, I did not wear sleeves that day in the twenty degree weather, Kyle. You're playing that? the snow. Uh, you're playing the snow uh, there in the uh, New Jersey high school football days. I know, obviously, high school football's over before most of the snow begins. But did you ever uh, play in the snow uh, there in Jersey, uh, Matt? Never. I never did. Wow. Um, just because it's it ends earlier in the yeah. year. I mean, you know. Um, would have liked to have the opportunity. What about you, Bubba? Uh, both of my playoff games, like you mentioned, uh, those those were definitely cold there, early to mid November. But I, I want, I think the coldest that I recall playing in was probably my Pop Warner days. Um, I was 12, 13 years old, uh, playing in a bowl game uh, down in Garner as we were playing at Garner high school. And I just, I remember. Did you play against Scotty McQuarrie that day? No, un- unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm significantly older than Scotty. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, you would be. You're not significant. I don't, how much older? Yeah, I guess you are significantly <laughs> older than Scotty. Scotty's like 28, 30. 29. Yeah, and you're, you're 41. Was, was like 30. Yeah, yeah, he beat the cra- he beat the crap out of him. He tackled his ass repeatedly. It was great. Yeah, well, went back to school. <laughs> I believe um, that was is at least Thanksgiving weekend, maybe even early December. But I think that was the coldest. I, I remember. Seemed seems like my dad had got me one of the hand warmers, or you know, in addition to some of the ones that you can, if they had these back then, where you could. Uh, you know, shake them up and then have keep your hands warm as a as a quarterback. Got Somebody it. tapping on their desk. Yeah, that's me. Sorry. Okay. Hey guys, I want to ask you. I had a debate last night. So, uh, as a fan, not now we talked about players. As a fan, you had a date last night. How did it go? 
No, I did not. Uh, I, as far as the game last night with Kansas City and the Dolphins being like seven degrees, 30 below zero, how no. many of you would watch the game at the stadium? I would not. The you only not. way I would – no, no. If it was an – well, if it – all right. If if Let's just say in pretend world, you know, East Carolina makes the playoffs this coming year, and somehow we're in position to host the first round of the playoffs, which that would never happen. But let's just say we are, and we had some magical cold front come through, and it was that cold here in December. In that situation, I would be there. But that's the only situation I would go to a game that cold. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Kyle, and I'll ask other guys, and we'll get to James' comment in a second. Would that be a moment where you would say, hey, Dave, I'm going to come up in the and tell Mink Tower, or would you still stay outside? I'd say, well, I'd, I'd try to stay outside. Um, hey, Matt, I, I would try. Matt, that might be the one time that you join Matt and I in the club, in the club <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah. That would, I think that would be the only chance we'd have to get Kyle up to the club level. Yeah. yeah. If, if, uh, what about you, Bubba? Oh, Bubba would be there. He would he, he would be there with an if there was Bubba. an icicle sticking out of his ass if he's Carolina was playing. <laughs> Bubba would probably be there the, probably the coldest I, I recall being definitely one of the coldest uh, in an East Carolina game was when I was eight years old. Um we had a ranked Pittsburgh team on the ropes. Um beating them twenty one nothing, end up losing the game forty seven forty two. Um Travis Hunter and Walter Wilson lit it up that day in the passing game. Walter Wilson had three receiving touchdowns, went on to play for the San Diego Chargers, but that was at old Pitt Stadium there on the campus of where the basketball arena currently stands. Uh, and before wow. they, they they tore it down, maybe there in the early to mid-90s, um, perhaps actually the late 90s, because I remember Michael Vick playing there, and then of they course, moved on. Uh, the, the Panthers moved on to Heinz Field, as it was called then. Um, but, uh, yeah, old Pitt Stadium torn down there right around the turn of the century in 99 or 2000. But um, that day it was – there were snow flurries and I don't know if the temperatures were in the low 20s or what, but it was it was pretty pretty chilly that day. And uh, I remember my, my dad, um, you know, in his East Carolina toboggan and, you know, Dressed like the Michelin Man, uh, <laughs> run, running up and down the aisle, uh, you know, high fiving everyone when the Pirates were up three touchdowns. And and um, wonk, do you guys wonk, remember? Wonk. Do you guys remember who the coach was for for Pitt that day? He he was also uh, he, he's someone that uh, is remembered by longtime Pirate fans probably for another reason. The coach for Pitt that day. Yeah. What year? Not, this was 1989, and uh, uh, yeah, had a very successful tenure there. But it it came to an end because of because of a DUI, I think. Hmm. Man, interesting. Not sure. Johnny Mike, Mike Godfrey. Oh, okay. Mike Godfrey. Godfrey. Yeah. Before, and a couple years later, he was. Alongside Ron Franklin calling the Peach Bowl. You know, that was wow. my, I'll be honest, guys, that's my favorite college football duo as far as yeah, comedy. They were good. Like Mike Goffrey and, and, and Franklin, those guys were awesome. 
Yeah. yeah. They, they I was, was great. I was going to touch on something with the topical weather. Uh, the two coldest East Carolina games I remember in somewhat recent history was the conference championship game against Houston in 2009 was, in the freezing-ass rain. Well, it was about 39 degrees and raining the whole game. December. Yeah, 39 degrees and, and cold rain and wind. And uh, the wind chills below freezing. And then the other one would be uh, another game where it was in the 30s and the wind chill was hit below freezing a couple times. Everybody will remember this one. Not only was it cold, the ending sucked big balls unless you were a UCF fan. The Hail Mary UCF win against East yeah. Carolina in 2014. That's the other really cold game I remember in recent history. Yeah, I was dressed to the – man, I was – I had on a ski mask, and I often, yeah. I often blame myself. At the end of the game, I pulled the ski mask off right before the Hail Mary, and I've often thought if I'd have kept my ski mask going, we'd have won. Oh, my God, Kyle, how could you do that? I know. I, 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 Kyle, I tell, our, <laughs> tell our viewers and listeners um, – Obviously, um, the the reaction that you had, and then the reaction that, that Jessica had of that one, and and what you told her. I um, so as soon as <laughs> as soon as the dude catches the hell Mary, I just take off down the damn uh, the ramp, and I'm 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 leaving. I'm gone. I'm so mad. I just take off and uh, just 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 I'm, I'm I'm ready to go to the gate. I, I just I, I it was one of those things that hit me. It is, yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that hit me so hard that I, it, I, I, I didn't need a second to process. Lots of times in those situations, people can't process it. I processed it immediately and was furious and ready to go. I got all the way down to the gate, and I turn around, and Jessica's still standing there. And I run back up, and I'm like, let's go. And she said, what just happened? I said, we lost a damn football game. That's what just happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she she was kind of just standing there like other like a lot of other people were, but. I, yeah, that game sucked. You know, I think and the it was Liberty Were you guys at the Liberty yeah, Bowl? Yes. Yeah. The, oh, the, the Arkansas Liberty Bowl. I've heard stories. Yeah. That Liberty Bowl and then also the 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 94 and 95 Liberty Bowls were very cold. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. It's so long ago, man. But I, I feel like it had to be in the 30s that day. That was pretty cold. Ninety-five, and I think it was in the forties. Um, if I remember, right. I have that game on um on a DVD. Uh, Matt, and, uh, Matt, you was that? But, but Dave, you you locked up there. Dave froze, but that two thousand and nine game uh, that was absolutely brutal. My mom just made me a new East Carolina fleece blanket for Christmas, and. Uh, if you'd have been looking at me, you, all you could see was my eyes because I had that fleece blanket around around my body and my face. And um, I just remember Brian Bailey on the sideline. I'm Troy Dreyfus and others at Pirate Radio references that Troy D said. I looked at Bailey. I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, back to the Kansas City game, really quick, guys. Uh, did you see where Andy Reid's mustache was frozen? Last no. Yeah, that was pretty disgusting, if you ask me. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, enough with the Andy Reid. Let's go back to Taylor Swift for a minute. <laughs> frozen caterpillar. I got a frozen caterpillar. She wears short skirts. I don't <laughs> Between that and then Patrick, it was so cold, Patrick Mahomes' helmet actually cracked in half. 
Oh yeah, that was pretty wow. crazy. Too. Anytime Taylor Swift is around, uh, Matt has a frozen caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, hey, you Jay, are one of a kind. <laughs> thank you. Kyle, something that James mentioned was that uh, and this wasn't a cold game, but it was a a rain game and a mud bowl. That 2000 game where David Garrard, Leonard Henry, and the Pirates. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Brent I think one was cold. 14-9 win at, at uh, Robert Stadium. I think it was cold. It was it was raining in the 40s that day, and that's about as cold as it's going to get in Mississippi for a game. So okay, yeah. James, said, sorry, James said cold and wet. I, I just yeah. remember the the mud aspect of it. I remember yeah. Leonard Henry getting hit right at the sideline. I think we talked about this with Leonard when he was on the podcast. But uh, yeah, he got hit right at the sideline and went sliding all the way to the the wall of the stadium. But uh, also uh, for lo- really long time Pirates, uh, that '83 game. Just me going back. Uh, obviously, I was two years old at the time, but I remember you remember every bit of it. No, but <laughs> going back and watching the highlight films of that season, um, there were tornado warnings in the Hattiesburg area. Oh yeah, 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 and yes. They they called it the Mud Bowl, and and we beat them something. I'm trying to remember if it was it was ten to six or thirteen to six or something something very low scoring, ten to three. Yeah, that um, for for our viewers and listeners, if you uh, aren't aware of it, you, we have a playlist on our YouTube uh, channel that uh, has old games, and you can find that '83 team documentary, uh, which is in two or three parts on YouTube. And uh, that 83 game he mentions, yeah, there's tornado warnings during that game. That was nuts. But that's certainly the weather always plays a factor. And, hey, I tell you what, if uh, if we go to a bowl game and it's uh, if it's seven below or seven degrees or whatever, I'll be there. How about you guys? Maybe the Fenway Bowl, um, I'll be there. Oh, if it's Fenway, I'll be there for sure. You can count on that. And no doubt about it. That that was brutal weather this year, and and uh, one of the reasons why I kicked myself for um, picking SMU, and just like the following day, I think it was when uh, Rutgers took down Miami. Yeah, I need to go and see who won Pick'em. I have not done that yet. Uh, now that college football season's over, I need to go see who won Bowl Pick'em. I'm gonna have all the uh, the, the my, my wife has all the uh, data there in her phone of who picked who and what the spreads were so uh, maybe i'll uh, get a chance to do that this week and we can find out who was the bowl pick them champion and uh the winner gets uh two million dollars no doubt i would <clears throat> i tell you what that would be great if i could ever win that one but i didn't i know for a fact uh i didn't win kyle so how do you know this already came out the bowl pick them? No, our bowl pick them on the show, Dave. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about another one we did. Okay. No, I, I didn't. I never registered for that one. I um, no, I'm talking about the one here on the show. You know that we did the two specials yeah. on the one, yeah, the yeah. one all our viewers know about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, that would be nice to know. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can get those results. So uh, while we have a chance, because uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up, uh, we promised Bubba we keep it as short as possible. Uh, big time retirements. How about Nick Saban? You have Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll 
three major coaches between college and football. So I just want to get your thoughts, guys, on that. Can we get that sound clip again, Bubba? (laughs) I don't know. It is incredible. There you go. (laughs) No, I mean, definitely. uh, It was interesting how it all kind of went down over the course of 24 hours. And um, the Saban surprised me. I I did not anticipate that at all. Like, I thought he would go for at least a few more years. Um, But I got to say, I love the hire uh, of Washington's coach. Uh, I I cannot say his name the right way. DeBoer? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Kalen Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. I mean, that guy, if you look at his record throughout yeah. his coaching career, he he is a tremendous coach. And uh, But it seemed like an odd fit going from Washington down to Alabama. Yeah, last um, time a coach did that didn't work out too well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, very surprising. That was the most surprising. The other two didn't surprise me. Belichick, I mean, that was a foregone conclusion. And Pete Carroll, not a surprise, really, um, when you think about it. And uh, but yeah, definitely Saban. But if you think about it, he was always going to, he wanted to leave on top and he didn't want to be that guy that maybe had an eight and four, nine and three. Okay, we're going to talk to Coach Saban and he quote unquote retires. Um, so I think he wanted to leave on top. I mean, he they were so close to being in the national championship game again. So uh, DeBoer is uh, what I understand is a real uh, like charming, charismatic person, very good recruiter. So um, he'll do a great job in Alabama. And I also think, by the way, guys, how much of it do you think with the NIL transfer portal and now with Alabama is going to have uh, Oklahoma and Texas, if their task for the SC- to win the SEC was not daunting enough, they have two more brand name teams that are coming in the league. Right. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't look I, So I mean, two, two things about the saving retirement from my, from me first, uh, does anybody follow? Um, I don't know. I guess Bubba, you're probably the biggest TikToker besides me on the uh, show here. Do, do you, do you, do you follow Willie from Alabama on TikTok? I don't believe so, but I'll, uh, Go yeah, ahead. If any, if, 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 if any of our viewers uh, know know Willie uh, from Alabama on TikTok, uh, uh, he uh, he's a he's a different cat, and uh, he um, he was very emotional with Nick Saban's retirement. He was crying uh, profusely. Uh, he uh, it was great standing in the yard with no shoes on, crying about it was it was it, it's not a gimmick. It's it Willie really is Willie. That's what makes it so good. Um, and then his buddy who's always interviewing him. Yeah, he goes, well, but uh, anyway, if anybody, uh, you guys got to find that on TikTok, follow him. He's great. But, um, yes, uh, I do. Sorry. I do follow uh, Willie on TikTok, but I had not seen that. I'll check it out. But, uh, saw some, saw some other interaction here recently, you know, leading into the, Uh, the the playoff game against Michigan with Willie. That was, don't give a shit about nothing but the tide. Yeah. Hey, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Um, but besides that, I don't give two shits about Nick Saban. I'll stand by my statement on Facebook. If anybody wants to see my statement on Statebook, on Statebook, on Facebook, go read it. Um, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't. Nick, screw Nick Saban. I didn't like him when he was coaching. I don't like him now that he's retired. 
Um, so it's like when you hate somebody and they die and they go, well, you know, you hate to speak ill of the dead. No, if I don't like you when you're alive, I don't like you when you're dead. And uh, I didn't like you when you were coaching. I don't like you when you retired. Uh, so screw Nick Saban. Um, he, uh, he was never did anything to help the quote unquote group of five of college football always spoke of separation, always, um, did everything he could to, um, really, in my opinion, um, you know, I, you know, I, I the only good thing I think, you know, I suppose he supported UAB and didn't like when they um, destroyed their football program or attempted to. So I'll give him credit for that. But uh, besides that, um, I was never a Saban fan, and so I really don't care that he's retired. Doesn't matter to me. All right, this is, I guess that's uh, Matt or Bubba. Do you care to chime in? I mean, in terms, well, the other one, you know, just to mention Belichick for a second. I mean, you know, I think it was time, you know, the guy had a tremendous run in New England for many years. Oh, yeah. You know, like all things, I I think his time came to an end. And um, he just, when once Brady moved on from New England, he was, he was never able to, to have that same success without, you know, a star quarterback. And, uh, but to me, that doesn't take away his greatness as a coach. I mean, that guy, going back to his time as an assistant with the New York Giants in the 80s, I mean, tremendous defensive coordinator. And you're, you're probably not going to see another run in, in the history of the NFL like the Patriots had uh, right. for, for 20 years under Belichick and Brady. So, uh, great coach. Yeah, the Patriots jumped the shark um, after Brady left. That was uh, for sure. Willie. <laughs> hey, Willie. Oh, man. So, but as far uh, as Belichick is concerned, no, that did not surprise me. That, that seemed like it was uh, inevitable, but uh, I was like, Matt, the, the Saban news did surprise me. Yes, they were coming off a very grueling season, as he referenced in his 25-minute sit-down interview with Reese Davis. Um, it would have been interesting had they not uh, rebounded the way they did from their early season struggles, you know, even when they were still winning games, you know, had they gone eight and four or something of that nature this year, um, had Nick Saban, would have Nick Saban hung it up or would he have had to come back for one more year because, yeah, he didn't go out on top necessarily, but he still made it to the playoff and had a heck of a year, um, a year that most people did not think he would have after they had that close call in Tampa against South Florida. Did anybody see the TikTok? Again, I'm on TikTok probably more than anybody else on here. Um, did you guys – first of all, did anybody see the the, uh, the video of um, Debo 20 – at the uh, Clemson basketball game with the black eye. No, did not. No, I did not. We had a very bad black eye, and uh, there was somebody who posted a video on Twitter saying that uh, that's a you know where where his black eye was and what it looked like, whatever side of the face it was on. It's a very common thing to go out in public like that. It's a symbol that uh, you've joined the Illuminati. So, 
this guy's theory is that Debo has joined the Illuminati. That way Clemson's football will be successful. So he predicts Clemson to win the national championship next year because Debo has joined the Illuminati. <laughs> that was tremendous. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that. Johnny Gardner. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba's getting uh, Bubba's getting slap happy there with the. Uh, no, I just I, I, that laugh always cracks me up there. We're gonna have to get Bubba one of those uh, Dave. We're gonna have to get Bubba one of those little sound effect and things like Cornette has. Yeah, I actually have the the uh, Rodecaster Pro Two, the board right here, and it has the uh, has that where you can load in. Oh, sound oh well, that's good. We need that. We we need like fart sounds. We need we need a uh, we need you know some some of Bubba's that he saved. Uh, we need a. You know, the, the, my rant about Rudolph, we'll, we'll do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I've got, like, there's about, I think it's 16 presets I have up here. We'll do the one where, uh, where what's his name, uh, thought McKenzie was your granddaughter. Um, <laughs> was that Dakota Marshall? Sounds right. Bubba, was that Dakota? Casey Ross. Casey Ross. Casey okay. Ross, okay. All right. Well, um, guys, uh, we're getting to that uh 80 minute mark i know we're tired do you guys have anything before we go i think it's been a really good show appreciate everybody uh tuning in tonight obviously with a transfer portal uh baseball um, by the way media day is going to be a week from tomorrow on the 22nd so i'll be there and uh our good buddy alan vick i'm sure will be there uh, but we'll take care of uh that and looking forward to the comments of cliff godwin and the season starting hard to believe bubba isn't it a month away off the top of my head, it's about a month away or a little over a month away uh, from baseball season. Yeah, it's – I'm trying to remember if it's the 17th, 18th, 19th, or 16th, 17th, 18th, yeah. so, something like that. But, yeah. uh, Dave, before we get out of here, uh, really appreciate the support of Ed Watkins, um, former East Carolina oh, yeah. lineman, Ed Watkins Marine. Um, Ed Watkins Marine – been in business for years now, uh, highly successful, um, two locations to serve you in the greater Charlotte area, Denver and Cornelius, North Carolina. Uh, and they have fishing boats, pleasure boats, pontoon boats, center consoles, family friendly bow riders, trailers, engines, UTVs, and more. They have all the brands that you'd be looking for. Sea pro sun catcher, pontoons and tritunes, stingray, Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, Vexus, bath boats, explore skiffs and more uh, so you know whether you're looking for a new boat or to repower your existing boat visit ed watkins marine and they can help you meet all your boating needs visit them online at edwatkinsmarine.com or you can you can um, see them um, obviously in person at either of those locations or give them a call um, at their their denver store they can be reached at 704-483-BOAT or in Cornelius, 704-498-4985. No doubt. And edwatkins.com is where you can go and uh, check that out. Man, that great website, by the way, Ed. Appreciate you very much for the sponsorship and glad to have you aboard. And if you guys want to be a sponsor, then um, hit us up on our Gmail account, right, Bubba? They can just email us, uh, thesportsobj at gmail.com, and you can find us anywhere. You can hit us up on any of the social me media platforms as well. We'd love to have you aboard. And there's a lot of us that uh, a lot of folks I know in the Empire Nation and beyond 
uh, that would love to be part of one of the fastest growing podcasts, but certainly uh, the number one podcast in Pirate Nation. That's right. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've eclipsed 1,100 subscribers there now and um, aim to to reach that 2000 plateau on get there and beyond in 2024. And when you, when you click subscribe, be sure to click that notification bell and all. So that way, anytime we go live or upload new content, you're alerted on your device. And if you guys will get us to 2000 listeners by the end of March, what are you going to do? No, I'm not doing anything. If you guys will get us to 2000 subscribers, 2000 subscribers by the end of March on YouTube, uh, Bubba will wear a dress on the air. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were. Who, who do you think I am, Tony Collins? Yeah, but, yeah, well, I didn't say you'd be naked. Just a dress on the air. Uh, yeah, hey, I thought you were going to say, college. You're going to be on top of a building until we get two thousand listeners. Uh, two two thousand? You mean two thousand subscribers on YouTube? Subscribers. Oh, yeah, sorry about yeah, that. Oh my god, the old the old radio gimmick. Yeah, uh, and then they take them off the building after the morning show's over every day. Yeah, and just leave something sitting up there that looks like a person sitting there, like a tent. Yeah, nah, stupid crap. <laughs> there you go. Ron James says the best damn podcast for East Carolina sports. Thank you, James. That's all right. Anyway, that picture you have up on the screen, our good friend Pays kind of has that side tilt thing, and I just noticed that James does the same thing or similar. The, the opposite opposite direction. He he's got yeah. more of a he's got a down a downward tilt. Uh, whereas. Uh, Whereas pays more of a upward tilt. Yeah, but the, just notice the tilt tonight. Yeah, he's a he's a very uh, tilty kind of person. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with an insult for James. I got nothing. I got James nothing, James. I got nothing. I'll just go, old James. You suck. How about you tilting head? Straighten your head up. Did James so, uh, move uh, to like Chicago or something? I, I uh, he's see. in Illinois. His, his girlfriend's in Illinois, and he uh, he's um, in Chicago. Uh, he, he's she she lives in Aurora, and um, I'm telling all his business here on Sports Objective. And uh, he uh, he's he's having a prolonged Christmas visit now, going on about three weeks. Uh, apparently, little James. Apparently, the school authorities I hear are looking for his son there in uh, Mississippi. But uh, no, I think we think James is probably going home tomorrow. Um, he. Uh, but he's had a prolonged visit there with uh, with his uh, with his lady friend there in uh, the uh, the state of Illinois in the middle of a snowstorm in the greater Chicago area. Yeah, I think he's going to eventually move to Chicago. It looks like. Now, so, now wasn't I'm, it start, I'm starting those rumors now. Was it Aurora where um, Wayne and Garth? Yeah, indeed, lived? yes, that, that's <laughs> yeah. indeed that is indeed the home of Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Shwing. Yeah. yeah, James, you need a you need a. You need a licorice dispenser, a Twizzler dispenser on on. And uh, hey, Matt, yeah. how about in that movie? You remember the best, the swing, best car ever. Swing, swing. The AMC Pacer, baby. What do you think, Semenza? With that Pacer, and you guys, uh, you got to sing uh, Bohemian Rhapsody that's up to the top of your lungs. Favorite line is I can't remember if it's Wayne's World, if it's in Wayne's World One or Wayne's World Two, uh, but I think my favorite line. There's a couple parts, but one that I remember is uh, Wayne, Garth all of a sudden decided the blue. Wayne, do you find Bugs Bunny attractive when he dresses up like a girl and play a girl bunny? One. Yeah, it was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad that I know that, but I'm pretty sure it was the first one. I haven't seen those movies in, in forever, but <laughs> uh, James says laughing out loud, ha ha. 
I, what did he say before that? I missed it. It's he, to hide uh, my other three chins. It's to hide my well. You know what, James? It's a hell. It's a hell of a move. You can do one of two things. You can lift your head up and try to hide it that way, or you can tilt it to the side, get the camera a little high. You know, there's two ways to do that. I do the same thing. You always got to try to hide the double chin as much as possible. Unless you're, unless you're, unless you're Bubba and Matt and don't have the double chin issue, then you know, you're, you're in good shape. Well, I wonder when James first met met his girlfriend. Uh, she makes me feel kind of funny, like when I used to climb the roof in gym class. The rope, yeah, the rope, climb, yeah. Climb the rope, climb the rope to the roof in gym class. It makes me feel kind of funny, like when I used to climb the rope in gym class. You got you to do it like Garth said it. James don't get any of these references. He might. I don't know how much James knows about. James is very weird with movies. Sometimes he'll get the references and sometimes he won't. He watches a lot of movies, though. He's saying the three chins. That's why he tilts. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Yeah. I understood it from the beginning. A tilt. <laughs> tilt, baby, tilt. All right. Uh, anything before we go, guys? I know um, with uh, we. Well, if you chance. notice, Matt is also tilting. I'm tilted? No, I'm straight yeah, on. Yeah, no, baby. you're tilted. You're bullshit. Look at you right there. You got one shoulder lower than the other. Your head's slightly cocked to one side. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you can see the whole face, though. You know, you can't see it. You see it. You you see a whole face. Oh, yeah, you can see you're still tilted. You're still tilted. <laughs> For that matter, Bubba's slightly tilted. Bubba's got a slight tilt, you know. Or some, or some head tilting mofos. <laughs> I also have my head slightly tilted. And I, it does not do a good job of hiding my double chin. <laughs> oh, my God. Tilting on the sports objective. Yes. Who knew? I put my hands up on my hip. When I tilt, you tilt. We tilt. I don't know. There you go. It's a great hip-hop song, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so we talked about baseball tickets. Uh, jungle tickets are the only thing left. Coleman also wanted to let everybody know about basketball season. Uh, for the basketball season, the single tickets for the conference on sale. And uh, we told you again that football tickets to go on sale February 5th. And I, I have a feeling that we're a uh, quick, quick thing. We'll get out of here. Do you, um, what would you put the over under for the number of season tickets sold this year for football? Well, uh, you, you're still coming off of a two and 10 season. I know. App State uh, is your premier non-conference home game. Um, uh, you got Navy coming here, which always draws. Um, I'm trying to think if there is there any other draws for home games. Um, Temple's coming. I like playing Temple, but I don't know that that's really a draw. Um, so you got two draws, App and Navy. Um, I think there'll be some excitement. I, I, I say status quo, 14,000. All right, so you take the under. I'm going to set the bar at 15,000. You take the under. What say you, Bubba? I guess in 22, we finished like 15, eight, something just shy of 15, nine last year. It was a little over 15. Um, I'll say that we're right around that 15 mark again. I think, I think with the excitement over what we've done in the portal and the, the significantly improved or what we think will be a significantly improved. We know it's going to be improved. It's just a matter of how much uh, on offense. And uh, I, I think, I think I'll be surprised. I, I thought we would have uh, a decent drop off after what took place this past season, but uh, I, I think we'll find a way, especially with you know App coming to town. 
I think I think we'll sail around fifteen. So you're you're a push. Yeah, that's pretty much even the same. Okay, what about and you? Yeah. I think there's some renewed enthusiasm with the hire of uh, John David Baker, and um, you know, obviously bringing in some some nice quarterback additions here. So I'll, I'll say we I'll say we hit fifteen. That's what I'm. That's my that's my thinking, but I could be wrong. But I, that's why I put the over under for fifteen thousand. So I have those kind of crazy debates in my head, and I just keep them for to wait for the show to ask you guys. And then if you're going to set a very early over under as far as a win total, looking at this in a couple different ways. As far as Vegas, I'd say Vegas would probably. I don't know if they'd go with maybe like. For, Five and a half or something. That's exactly what was in my head, brother. Yeah, like right at bowl eligibility. Whereas, so as Vegas I, is going to set it at five and a half, I would take the over. I agree that uh, if I was setting the over under, I'd probably go six and a half. But uh, push. But, yeah, but it, but I could def. Well, it couldn't be a push, but uh, I would take the push. <laughs> yeah. On six and a half? Yes. I know you can't do that. I know you have to take the over or the under, but we're not in Vegas. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't touch it. So you, so you, wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah, uh, you wouldn't touch it. So it would be a push for me. Right. Mike Houston has to win eight. No way. He's got to, he has to. No way. If he wins, he if, if, he, if he gives us bowl eligible, we're not, we're not, we won't fire him. Unless, unless it's, me, unless, it's, unless, it's, unless it's backwards, unless we start off well and then shit, go to shit at the second half of the season and there's no reason for it like the quarterback went down but if we're six and six and let's say it's because we're getting better as the season goes because look this is a brand new offense we got a lot of nice pieces but they got to come together i would not be surprised if we start off the season a little disappointing um you know uh you know I, maybe we even start off one and two but uh so let's say that happens um and, and then we win you know four out of our last five to get bowl eligible to get to six and six I, you know, I think it would be pretty ignorant with that momentum and the amount of players we'd have coming back uh, to, to make a change. What about hey, you? man, I'm just, I'm just sticking with my, for me and with him in year six. We need. I, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, and I'd like There's to see no him win eight. I'd like to see him win eight too. But do you, you think he would be fired for less than eight wins? Oh, I'm not. I don't. I don't know if he'd be fired. I think a lot of it depends on like that's how we you. would actually play on the field. But that's that's my. I guess, I guess what you would say is that's my personal. So you're saying the over. I, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm saying for him as a coach in his sixth year at East Carolina, he needs to win eight games. Matt's so the over. expectations with, with with this schedules year six that we. We should be. I think it's totally doable to win eight games. No, well, it, it is. But at the same time, um, all those teams that we're supposedly going to beat are looking at East Carolina penciling in a win. I right. mean, Old, Old Dominion right. was a bowl team. Appalachia State uh, won the Sun Belt um, or played for the Sun Belt. Did they win or did they just play for it? I don't remember. They just played for it. Um, they played for it, lost to Troy. Right. So they played for the, exactly played for the Sun Belt Championship. Old Dominion was a bowl and team. They, and they have a quarterback back. Um, exactly. Um, so that that's just the non-conference schedule. You get into the conference schedule, you know, um, we lost all those teams pretty much, except the ones we didn't play. So, uh, you know, this whole the schedule is so easy. Liberty, by the way, guys, I don't know if you guys noticed, they played Oregon in the uh, in the uh, Fiesta Bowl or whatever the hell BCS Bowl that was. 
So, yep. uh, you know, uh, Liberty's pretty good. Um, so uh, there's another non-conference game for you. So um, this whole easy schedule thing. Um, well, easier. I'm not seeing this as a cakewalk, but. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, um, uh, you know, my expectations, realistic expectations, I think we should, with what all we have coming back, you know, I, what, you know, Matt said he would, eight is what he would expect to make him happy. I'm assuming that's regular season. Um, I would take six, seven and five. I would, I would be satisfied. But at, at, at this point, at, after seven and five, Houston would need to compete for a conference championship the following year. With all the, um, with all the new pieces and given where we would be coming from with the two and 10 record a year ago, that's why I think Vegas will set it at five and a half, probably, especially since you have that FCS game against Norfolk State. And that FCS game is why I would personally set mine at six and a half because that would mean that you take care of business in that one the way you have to. And uh, that would put you going six and five against FBS competition to get to that seven wins to get the over. Yeah, I would, I would take the, uh, I'll take the over. I, I still think our worst possible scenario would be just barely bowl eligible, somewhere between six to eight. I'll have to look at the schedule. Our again. worst possible scenario? Oh, no way. Our worst possible scenario is, is, uh, one of these two quarterbacks transfers out, and then the other one gets injured, and we go two and ten. So I mean, no, I understand. I, I don't see that. What I'm saying is, I don't see that happening. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you also didn't see last year happening. So I, 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 I was no six and six is not our worst possible scenario. Absolutely not. But you're saying that's our. Do you think that's our best? No, I don't think that's our best. No, I would sit the over under about where Vegas would at five point at five and a half, and I would take the over. Okay. Um, if the over is six and a half, I wouldn't touch it. Um, after what I, after after what I saw last year, um, I, you got to show me first. I think the One potential is. Shot. I think the potential is there. I think the I think we could be a very good football team and win six games because I think it's going to take a while for this all to come together. I mean, maybe it will. Maybe it'll be a Lincoln Riley type situation where we're clicking on all cylinders on offense in game one. Um, but uh, my my gut tells me. It's going to take it a couple games for it all come together, and you know we may look like doo doo against uh, Old Dominion, and you know then figure it out in the second half against App State and beat them. Um, it, it could be something like that. So I, it may be later in the season, or I, that that's kind of yes. why I'm thinking. That's kind of why I'm thinking uh, we could still be a six win team and feel pretty good about things if you go win four or five in a row to end the season. And although a lot of people don't like playing that game against Norfolk State, given our current situation, that's awesome that we play Norfolk State week one yep. uh, because we get a chance to, to, get the offense, to get the offense rolling a bit and and hopefully, you know, be, be clicking uh, when you head to Norfolk in week two. And, uh, and then obviously you got App State and Liberty – to uh, to wrap up non-conference play in games three and four. I mean, you could easily be one and two, you know, because things ain't clicking right, then go to Liberty and, you know, boat race them. You know, think of the Marshall game um, where it wasn't a boat race, but it was that dramatic comeback in um, in 2021. It could be a very similar situation oh, yeah. to that where everything just finally clicks. 
I hope that's not the case. I hope we start off three and zero. But uh, it just I got a feeling it's going to take a few weeks for it to come together, and then it will. Um, and we'll probably be a good football team by the middle of the year. Well, as long as it's better than <laughs> much better than two and ten. Oh, it will uh, be. It will be unless there's major injuries. Yeah, I agree one thousand percent. All right, guys, we're at that uh, over the hour and a half mark. Uh, do you guys have anything before we go? Nope. I'm, not no, I'm all set, man. All right. I appreciate you guys very much. Looking forward to a great season. Again, get your tickets, ecupirates.com, or you can give them a call uh, on uh, actually Tuesday. I think they're off tomorrow, but 1-800-DIAL-ECU to get your football tickets, your basketball or baseball uh, for sure. Thanks to Kyle, Mad Bubba. Let's get out of here. As always, you've been listening and watching the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates.